0: Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. Oh, Erin. We have been gearing up for this one, talking for a little bit about getting on the podcast and talking about all the things. And I am so excited to have this conversation with you because you have done something that not a lot of my friends have done in the coaching space. You have created your own coaching certification. And I want to hear all the things about that and what led up to it and things you learned and all of that good stuff. But... Before we dive into all of that, we please tell people a little bit about yourself and who you are in the online space.
1: Yeah. So, as you shared, I run a coaching certification. It's called the Quantum Ripple Effect. And I haven't always been doing that. I started back in network marketing in like 2012. So, that was kind of my gateway drug, if you will, into entrepreneurship. Mine too. it wasn't nice. I was doing that on the side when I was in grad school. So, just ending college into grad school. My master's is in student personnel and higher education, which is working with students in colleges. So, I worked with students in distress, crisis management, leadership development. Management, all of that sort of thing. And I realized at that kind of point in time, I could also launch my own products and programs. So I was doing health and fitness at the time, had my own like workouts and memberships and group programs and super exciting. And I was also doing consulting on the side for social media marketing since I had been doing that since about 2009. And I realized I just loved helping people grow and scale their business. And I was hitting extreme burnout. I had adrenal fatigue, kidney problems, was recovering from an eating disorder. And I just couldn't keep operating the way that I was operating in business. Would search for another strategy and another strategy and another strategy. And it was like, okay, apparently it's not the strategy. It's <laughs> it's it's all my in, internal shit that's, that's popping up, which I think a lot
0: of us get to a point where we kind of find that can I pause you right there? Yeah. Yeah. At what point, like what revenue level would you say you were at when you realized that? Like Um, it's not another strategy, it's something else. Probably
1: like 8k months ish around there. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that like kind of smacked me in the face and I was like, oh, okay. It's all my internal stuff that was popping up. And one of my friends and I, we kind of we met in a mastermind and then we flip-flop coaching. So I would coach her on like wellness and that sort of thing. And she was coaching me on my relationship at the time. And she asked me this question, gosh, it was probably like 2016, 2017. Who did you have to earn more love from? And how did you have to earn that love as a child? And I broke down crying in, in tears and realized that I had built my entire business on this trauma response of needing to make people happy, needing to prove my worth, And I'd done that my entire life. It was like, how much can I achieve? How much can I do? What's the next income level I can get to? And doing it from a place of service, but also just like running myself into the ground. And so I started finding more subconscious inner healing work, trauma healing work, attachment work, all the modalities that I teach now. And from watching client after client after client and myself have these huge transformations, I was like, okay, the ripple needs to become bigger. And everyone's like, I want to learn how to take this with my clients. And so from that invitation, I created the the coaching certification.
0: Oh my gosh, so much to unpack there. But one of the things that stood out the most was like, you were about at the 8K month, which 8,333 is a hundred K a year. And I, one of my mentors used to say, You can hustle your way to 100K, but you can't hustle your way to a million. Mm-hmm. And then the same mentor said, Hustle is trying to outrun self doubt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and and it's true for those of us who are the go-getters, the type A, the high achievers. It's like, how much more can I do it? And I discovered in my own personal work that achievement equals love. Yes. And so you and I have a very similar background in that regard. And at some point you're like, oh man, we just can't keep that up because you just can't achieve enough mm-hmm. to feel worthy and i'm like i'm really taking time to slow us down in this part because you and i both probably get so many people that want the how that want the strategy that want to take all the action that want to do all the things as if once they they have the achievement they'll feel good enough or mm-hmm. worthy or whatever and it's a big slap in the face when you get there and you're like shit i do not feel good enough even though I have the things that I thought would make me feel good enough. And so that's just my little, what, do you have anything to add about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it just to kind of echo what you're saying, it's like, there will always be something more that you're going to want. Like there's always going to be a next level, a next place to move into. The thing is though, is that we're so attached and driven and focused and motivated by that, that we're forgetting to like live. We're forgetting presence. And to be here in the now and to soak up the challenges, the failures, the celebrations, everything, because we're just running in this like societal paradigm and programming of what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And then we get there, like you said, and we're like, oh, I got there. And okay, now there's a new thing that I want to be able to move to. It's like, we're missing so much life. That's
0: what I realized at least. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's the deferment, like the if, when, like, or when when I get there, then I will do the thing. And it's so interesting. I was literally just coaching a client on that about like, she wants to have a certain type of business. And so I asked her, I said, well, once you get there, you imagine yourself, let's go there. What will you allow yourself to feel? And she said, proud.
1: Mm.
0: And it was so interesting because the first 15 minutes of the call. I just noticed all these things that she did that I thought were amazing. Like in retirement, she had taught herself to how to create websites by herself and run Facebook ads. I'm like, this is amazing. Something in my spirit said to stop her and say like, let's just revel in that. And you could see she was so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in that. And yet the whole reason why she's building the business is so on the other side, she can feel proud. And so I would love when you talk about the quantum ripple effect. Can you explain what that is a little bit? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in this work and you, you're like a master in the craft of coaching as as well. and, And you see that this work has a ripple effect. Like when you're working in the deep inner healing work and the subconscious work, the transformation, the coaching, you don't just watch the person that you're coaching change, you start to watch their relationship change. If they're also a coach, you watch their relationship with their clients change. You watch it, how they show up in their business and their friendships. I mean, you name it, you start to just see this huge ripple effect happening. And it truly is at, at a quantum level. And I remember sitting in at the time, like my master practitioner training And they were talking about the ripple effect that this work has because also we're changing generations past and generations to come in the work that we're doing by changing the paradigm. And that just kind of came in. I'm like, this is so quantum. Like this is so big and it's so unseen even too. Like there's a lot of times, you know, you're coaching somebody and you have no idea the three person from the person that they met that had a breakthrough from that thing. Like it's, it's unseen. And so that's kind of where thoughts, if you will, developed was, okay, this needs to get out into the hands of more people because if we can all start to reprogram our subconscious, regulate our nervous system, do these things, like what's going to happen in five, 10, 15, 20 years, not only in the coaching industry, but in the world too.
0: I'm glad you're highlighting that because so many of us are, we're so close to it and we've got our head down and we're working and we're like, we don't see the money in our bank account. So we're like, what is this for? Mm -hmm. And I had a moment, I just came back from the mastermind with the coaching school that I got certified with. And I got to meet one of my clients who joined the school because she saw Mm -hmm. how I coached. And she was in this state that she doesn't live in having dinner with some of her clients that she didn't have before we worked together. Mm-hmm. And this chick, I'm so freaking proud of her, made a hundred K this quarter. Wow. Like, what? And she has a whole following of people who wrote a book. And it's like, so I want to just like, mm-hmm. thank you for highlighting that for those of us who forget that I got to meet one of her clients. I get to see when her clients are making 17 and 20,000 a month. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing work that we're doing. So you say to yourself, we've got to get this out to the hands of more people. Is that when you decided to create the coaching certification?
1: Yeah, in the realm of coaching that I went through, you have to go through like trainer's training to create the certification, license the modalities, that sort of thing. And the next one wasn't until like February of 2020 or something like Jan- that, January, 2020. And I had finished up my master's in October. So I said, we're gonna, we're just going to start pre-selling this thing. I'm going to commit myself to go in and I'm just going to start putting it out there. And it, that happened to be my first six-figure launch. And about, I'd say 75% of it came before I even went to my trainer's training. And I had all these stories in my head. I'm like, because it was in Canada and I'm like what if I can't get into Canada and this is like pre-pandemic so there was no reason to be worried I'm like what if they like don't let me in and I like you know sold all of these spots into this thing and I have all these people excited and ready to go and it was just like giving them bonuses in the beginning and things to get them excited and I had that fear that popped up so much in even like pre-launching it and also to people who would be like, oh, who's running a certification or who, you know, who should I do this? Like all of that imposter syndrome stuff started to bubble up right, right away.
0: So how did you deal with the imposter syndrome as it came up? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: A lot of like nervous system regulation work, like getting into my body and being with the imposter syndrome. I'm like, okay, what's I think we hear that name a lot and we hear that phrasing a lot, but actually like what's underneath of that and the, what was underneath of it was the self-doubt, like, am I good enough? Is this going to be the way that everybody thinks it's going to be? I I had put so much like pressure and projection just onto myself of it needing to be enough and for it needing to be perfect in air quotes there, like, you know, the first time that that I ran it. And so I had to start getting into my body, getting into all of these stories and these programming through the tools and the techniques that I use now. And from that, I was like, okay, it's not that I think that I can't do this. I've been coaching for years and years and years. I just had the self doubt of would it be good enough or would people not like this and want to go somewhere else. And I had mm-hmm. to keep
0: cultivating that trust in my, myself over and over and over again. Well, I hear people say I had to get into my body. And so for the person that's listening has no idea what that means, like, is there one simple way that they could do that to start off?
1: Yeah. So when we say kind of getting into your body, our minds run a million miles per minute. And most of us spend a lot of our days and our times up in our mind. And even when we think about emotions, we're trying to think about how to feel better versus being with the felt sense of what's happening. And so when I feel imposter syndrome, like even if I kind of like make myself like feel that there's this movement beginning to happen in my belly, or if I'm feeling fear, there's a fluttering that's beginning to happen in my heart space. And I just take a moment. And I actually feel into that sensation versus being like, I just got to get through it. I got to go on the other side of it. I got to reframe it. I got to think positive. I got to move forward, which we're taught to do. But what if the step before that was just like, okay, I'm going to feel the sensation. It feels swirly. It feels bubbly. It feels hot. And I just let myself be with that. And I take a breath and I just hold myself in that. And then when I hold myself in it and I sit with it and I, and I with it for a while, I can even just ask you, you know, like, what are you needing? And when I get that, I'm like, okay, just needing to know like I'm here with it, or it's needing to know that I'm safe or whatever the need is. And then I can kind of hold that need. So to kind of break it into like a little process for those of you listening, get with the sensation, be with it from an agendaless like love and compassion place. A lot of times we have an agenda to get over it and get through it. And our parts don't like that. So it's like, oh, you just gotta like hold compassion and presence. And then from there feel it, be with it, see what it needs, and then meet that need energetically. And then you can, you know, move on to everything else.
0: Thank you for that because I think it's so important when we are trying to do big things in the world, we have to be able to have that capacity. Mm-hmm. to do the big things in the world. And so creating a coaching certification, at least in my mind, doesn't seem like a small feat. So what were some of the things that you had to go through to create that besides making sure they let you into Canada? Yes. Um, <laughs> right. What were some of the things that you went through to create that? And some of maybe the, some of the obstacles or surprises.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pre-study modules that I had to create and doing those and committing myself to them and having that deadline. Like that was kind of like the first thing I was like, okay, there's a lot that I want to put into this. And I wanted to bring it in through like my lens. I go, I wanted to bring it through a trauma informed lens. So I had to go through and piece through, you know, manuals and teachings and trainings. And I had to be okay with that. The first edition, if you will, wasn't going to be everything that I wanted. And it was going to have to evolve over time, which is hard for someone who, you know, wants to have everything all together and always working through, through that story. And Over time, the first round of people that I had in, I'd say was primarily people that had worked with me before. They had experienced the modalities and the techniques and they wanted to be a part of it. So it wasn't hard to sell, I guess, because people had already experienced it. They knew it. They're like, okay, yes. What then grew was people who then experienced it from them, their own ripple, or they wanted to become a coach. And from there, it started to grow and there was more people and different backgrounds and lived experiences. And I had to kind of start to go, oh, okay, I got to get outside of this box. Even though I had felt like I had so much training and knowledge and support with these sort of things of kind of figuring out how do I mold this, I had to take in a lot of feedback. And a lot of the feedback was good. And a lot of the feedback also stretched me to grow and say, okay, how do I make this even more accessible for people? How do I make this even more inclusive for people? How do I bring in this lens? How do I bring in this lens? And wanting to take all that feedback and run with it immediately was also something, of course, that I wanted to do, but I had to find pacing within that as well. And to really, truly be someone that was going to be a leader, that was going to be... And integrity and open herself up for that much feedback because this certification was never meant to be a me thing. It was meant to be a we thing. And so, getting people to buy into the vision, getting them to be able to give me very straight and honest feedback and seeing, okay, we got to shift this here. We got to pivot this here. We had this complete structure that was amazing, incredible. And now we're going to test out this way. I'm a three five in human design for like context. I always experimenting, of course. And being okay with, again, that like the launches were ever evolving, the clients that we have in there are ever evolving. The amount of support that we want to provide is ever evolving and just beginning to be okay with that process.
0: So many of us are afraid of what other people think. And so Mm -hmm. you talked about being willing to be open to feedback. Like, how did you do that? Like, what were some of the things that kept you open? Because it can be so easy for us to just want to shrink and close down. Oh my gosh, they didn't like this thing. Or, oh my gosh, it wasn't, especially now when everybody's wanting to be inclusive and that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. How did you maneuver that and manage that? Yeah, I dropped my
1: ego. <laughs> like, uh, like to be very, very honest, like I had to, I had to get out of my mind space and I had to not, like, I had to stop making it about me. Like, it wasn't about me in that moment. And that's what we do when we get feedback. We're like, oh my gosh, it's me. And you know, I didn't do this right. And all of our stories and our trauma and everything begins to pop up. But if your vision is to be able to truly deeply serve people and serve a community and be a leader, you got to drop the ego. You got to get out of your mind and get into your body. And again, kind of with that theme and be like, okay, if I say that this is my vision, and if these things that I preach, day after day are my values, how am I going to truly live in integrity with that? And that means you're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to actually not just ask for testimonials at the end of your experiences, but asking for feedback. And then what do you do with that feedback? Like for us, once a quarter, I take in all of our feedback from live events, from the training program, you know, from the different surveys that we send out. And, you know, I have to regulate myself. and be like, okay, there's going to be amazing things in here. And there's going to be things that stretch me. And I think people then kind of get into this place where they start to take in feedback, but they hyper-focus on what they need to improve. And they don't celebrate all of the amazing, incredible experiences that have happened. So my process is, okay, let me celebrate. Let me be with all the amazingness. What is the feedback that is here? Let me piece through that. What is like a now thing that probably needs like immediate change or support? And what are some of the things that maybe can't be implemented in the next month, but they're on our three-month plan, they're on our six-month plan, they're on our 12-month plan. And really, again, I feel like just kind of dropping the ego. And if you're going to truly be a leader, you got to be okay with being uncomfortable and getting that feedback so you can be growing and the people that you're supporting can be growing too. That kind of
0: makes me think about as you take in the feedback and make some changes. You we were talking about making pivots in business. And so Mm -hmm. you were talking about how you had pivoted. So can you tell me a little bit about what that looked like and probably pivot pains? (laughs) We talk about growing pains, but maybe pivot pains.
1: Yeah. I'd say my a lot of my pivots came from the way that I was launching and the way that I was running my business. So before this certification, I ran a lot of pop-up programs. It was like new program, new program, couple weeks long, new program, new program. And that was kind of like my launch model with heavy focus on one-to-one high-level like groups or, or masterminds. So a big chunk of my revenue, let's say probably 75% came from one-to-one and mastermind. And then, you know, had like courses programs, the other 25% when the certification came, I needed space and I needed time to be able to create. Obviously I still had revenue and people I needed to pay and bills and all that kind of stuff, but I had to slowly start dripping away the style of launching because it was burning me out, launching something new, like every two, three weeks or month, mm-hmm. if you will. And I had to go, okay, I'm going to start taking less one-to-one clients and I'm going to put more energy into the certification. And then we started to build out like the second level and the third level of the certification. And that pivot was scary because most of my revenue was coming from that for a couple years until I started to build this out. And one of the things within the certification that I love is that we have really flexible payment plans up to like 18 months. And obviously that, that takes time to be able to stack that revenue and create recurring revenue within that. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, I'm going to leave all of this stuff behind that isn't bad stuff, but it's just stuff that's not calling me anymore. That also brings in a lot of revenue. And I'm going to start going all in and building this thing. And it was kind of like playing this thing of like, okay, you know, I'm not somebody that can just like burn all the boats. Like I have to like find a nice like titration, if you will, from one thing into the next. And so like starting to decrease that and starting to put more energy into the certification. So the style of launching, the amount of launching, the revenue, all of that was, it was scary because you start to see either your income stay the same, or you start to see your income drop a little bit, kind of while you're in that cannonball season of going inward to create the X, Internal and, you know, all the stories want to start to come up like, okay, is this really working? But everybody likes this from me. People are still asking if this is going to come back out. And I had to learn better boundaries with myself and with just my business and actually just following what I knew I had to do in my heart and soul.
0: You are speaking my language right now about the pivots because I recently did one and going through that very same thing. So I call it the soul's Yes. So we get that yes from the soul, like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do next. And you know it. It's like in your whole everything, it's a full body yes. And then the brain wants to come in <laughs> and be like, but wait, what about this? And what about money? And da-da-da-da. And freaking us out. And so, yes, to all of the things that you said, and just trusting that if you just stay the course, because what so many of us do like, oh well, and then we go back to the other thing and we're like not addressing, not acknowledging what the soul wants to do, which can be scary. And it's like, oh, well, I know this thing right here. It's almost like when people have a job, right? They're like, well, I know that I'm going to get this paycheck every two weeks and it's going to be this amount. But we don't pay any credence to, oh, but what's possible on the other side when you let go of what you think is the steady paycheck? And so I think people don't realize that this happens in our business, too. It's like once you get in business, it's going to be roses and daisies. Like once you figure it out once that you've always figured it out and that it's going to like you'll be able to predict from here the kingdom come. And so I appreciate you highlighting that it's not always like that. Maybe this has been your experience, too, where. My mom and I have this thing where I'll call her and be like, Ma, I figured it out. And she's like, "Uh uh-oh, do I need to sit down? (laughs) Is it a big I figured it out or a little one? So we have this joke. It's not like the boy that cried wolf because I'm always figuring something out. And so I think there is, at least in my mind, there was this place where, oh, I'm going to figure it out permanently forever and then it's going to work. But it doesn't appear to be that way. Is it like in your business?
1: I have not found that to be the case yet. If anybody has, please please
0: let us know. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. You're like, yes, I figured it out. And then you evolve. Yeah. Your business evolves. Things change. And so just getting comfortable with like there is no end. It's gonna keep evolving.
1: Yeah, and I feel like too, if you're kind of on, you know, like the journey that that we're on when you're always doing like the internal growth work and you're looking at, your patterns and your behaviors and your responses, then you get to a year from now and you've evolved so much. I feel like even day to day, I'm like, who am I? I am I feel like a new person that's reborn into this new way. There is never certainty, if you will, on the external. It's like, you just have to build that within yourself and find your internal reassurance or your internal safety or your internal certainty and like, let that be your guidance. Because if you can trust you, then anything else that will happen, like you'll always, like you said, that that souls, Yeah. So you'll always be guided towards that.
0: Okay. So I think I want to ask you this one last question about team mm-hmm. because you have a team and so many people are like, how do you even do that? I think what would be one of the biggest lessons that you learned by growing and developing a team? You
1: know, the, one of the things that I'm really glad that I did do right from the beginning, and I don't know what I would have done if I didn't do this, but I hired a coach right in the beginning of my business. And I hired a VA because my coach said, you shouldn't do everything alone. So I said, okay, let me find a virtual assistant. And that was back in like 2015 ish. And with that, I would say like, I was having support and never going in a season where you at least don't have, you know someone that's going to support you in that side of your business. Mm -hmm. And when you get the nudge to hire that you need more help or more support, don't be afraid to do that. I was doing that a lot in the operation side of my business. Like that didn't feel really scary for me. Of course, like the investments and recurring income and like providing a salary for people was scary for sure. But I, it was easy for me to hire on the ops side. I'm like, yeah, I can outsource, I can get support, I can do all of that. Then I have a certification and I wanted to start it, to hire people that were trainers and mentor coaches inside of the program, which meant it's not going to be me doing all the coaching and the teaching anymore. I'm, I'm still there a big chunk. That's where I had to start to go, oh, you know, I had so much fear that people weren't going to want to come into the program if it wasn't me on every single call. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I thought that they were were coming from me again, kind of had to drop the ego and the story of like, okay, well, if it's not me and if I'm not there, are they going to think that their investment is worth it or that they're getting enough out of it? And I had to lean in that all these people that I hired, trainers, support coaches, had all worked with me one time. One, they had all been through different levels of the certification. I had to trust that ripple effect to go out and know that they can support people and they can honestly do it better than I can at this point, and that people want variety and who's supporting them inside of that. And it actually allowed me too, to support people deeper because I could focus on some things that I needed to focus on. I could let them, you know, be in their zone of genius because they're all incredible coaches and know that like people still came, shocking, right? Like we think that even if you're not running a certification and you're listening to this and you have a mastermind and you have a co-coach or people that are coming in, You're honestly giving them more support, I believe, by being able to have other people who are operating in their zone of genius and you can do what you need to do best, you know, maybe which is marketing or growing or being the CEO and letting yourself actually be held and supported and let your clients be held and supported too.
0: So good. So my friend, before I ask my very, very last question, will you please tell the people where they can find you, follow you, tap into your wisdom?
1: Yeah. I'm pretty much Erin Nicole coaching everywhere you go. And I have the energetics of business podcasts as well.
0: Awesome. Okay. So the last question is, what advice would you give to your former self? Like if you could give her one piece of advice, what would it be? That's such a
1: good question. Yeah. Like get out of your head and get into your body. Like get out of like your head and your doubts and your things that are coming through and, Stop shoving everything down emotionally that you are shoving down just to like get through and be positive and be happy and actually feel and live those experiences. Like be in the present of the pain, of the goodness, of the magic, of the hard times, whatever it is, and allow yourself to like just fully experience every moment of life and business.
0: Mm, So good. And with that, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at tavonadenise.com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.